0: Jay let's start with the nokar mantra Om namo arihantanam Om namo sitanam Om namo ayadianum Om namo Ujayanam, Namo luve Salvasahunam, sahunam Eso salva pancha panasano angalancha sarvesim The focus of Dad's class has always been how to take Jainism out of the classroom and into our everyday life. But what good is a philosophy if it doesn't guide you through extraordinary times as well? As all of you know, but for the benefit of our international friends, last week we experienced a multi-day power outage due to below freezing temperatures. That left us stuck with no heat, no water, and no electricity for four to five days while snow blanketed everything. In addition, cell phone service and texting were hit and miss as well two weeks ago. So I want to hear your stories, especially if you used any Jane principles during the emergency, or even if you used principles of mindfulness or meditation or Anikantvad, which we talked about last time, or anything we talked about during the class, I want to hear what happened to you two weeks ago. Was anybody able to help another family or friend or perhaps even a stranger?
1: Yeah, I I was, we had, um, we didn't have power and heat, of course, but we had water, um, water and gas for, um, for cooking and showers, uh, the whole, the whole time. Um, and my in-laws had a busted pipe. So, uh, you know, they came over, stayed with us for a couple of days, able to help them, uh, Cap off their, their pipe so they could get water back in their house. Um, shoveled a few people's driveways around the neighborhood. So, you know, as the kids, once it started warming up and kids got stir crazy, wanted to go outside and play around. So making sure there weren't any ice patches that they could, they could slip on. boiled water for
0: drinking so does anybody know why um, Jainism recommends that we boil water even in non-emergency times for drinking that is why should we boil water why is it that water gets bad after a certain time but I can go drink out of a lake that's been standing there for a hundred years I don't understand does anybody understand
1: I don't know the late part, but why boil water, what I understood is that there is certain number of bacteria or other organisms in the water that by consuming it, uh, you would kill, right? And by the, in between the time where you enter your mouth until you digest it, the bacteria would multiply even more. So if you um, if you, you know, you're going to have to kill some inadvertently anyway. And so if you kind of cap the number before you consume it, you're preventing um, harming an even larger number later on.
0: Right. So that's right. Um, And it's even before it enters your mouth as you leave the water there, the bacteria in the water continuously multiply. So if you, if that water is, if the, you're going to drink the water anyway, it's better to boil it. You're going to kill things regardless, which is violence, but it's better to kill less things. So after you boil it, there's no bacteria. The water is sterilized. You end up ultimately killing less living beings by boiling the water. Was anybody else able to help another family or friend or stranger?
2: Uh, Timur, I would like to just quickly add one one more thing um, on the boiling water part. Sure. Uh, what I learned, I mean, they say that, you know, boiling water, the boiled water is good for a certain time period. It's not good for the entire day. And that, that is tied to that because after a certain amount of time, those bacteria start coming, I mean, I guess becoming alive again or generates bacteria, and again, it's kind of the cycle goes on. That's why the, uh, the water is good for certain hours uh, after it's boiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the same principle. I just want to add that because uh, that's, uh, you know, we can't just drink from journalism perspective. We can't just boil the water in the morning and consume rest of the day or next day. And, you know, enough, you need it for several hours and then do it again and so on.
0: Oh, okay, great uh, point. Okay. So,
3: uh, uh, Tim, uh, we were able to uh, help our uh, in-laws, they came over, they didn't have any power. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, we had, um, I mean, I wasn't quite thinking what from a jainism perspective i should be doing i was just thinking how my, how i can help whoever needs our help and uh you know we were fortunate enough not to lose power for uh, for for a long time I and mean, we lost power here and there but not for long so i mean i was happy to help uh, i mean we were happy to help our in-laws but um i mean i i i, I actually i wanted to uh you know ask you and the group you know in times like this uh when obviously you know people go through uh, hardships and stuff i mean you offer right you offer what you can but uh i mean do you feel like you should go beyond this you know just merely offering and do you actively go out and say, no, 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 you know, here is what I'm going to do. I mean, how do, how, how do you look at it? How do you view this, um, these kinds of situation or the group and in and, and general?
0: Okay. So how active should we be in offering our help if we're in a position to help? Does anybody have an answer?
2: Uh, I... I don't know if they answer the question or not, but I believe that we should maximize our ability and, and try to go beyond. And it's just not that I've done that uh, all the time, but I think uh, that is the right thing to do because that helps our karmas. And actually, in, in the other way, it helps because imagine if you were not doing that, we would do something else right i mean uh watching a, a netflix show or binge series or something like that which can add to our karmas where this will or should not uh destroy our karmas but it can help build good karmas
4: well for for us i think it was um to answer parash's point uh, we it's not more and just open the doors and you know any strangers just come in the house i don't think would be a practical approach that i think but but uh calling few folks uh, here and there making sure they're 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 aware you know we 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 saw a lot of messages on our network group um if anybody needs some help you know opening opening that way actually kind of helps you in a direction If, if you have that um if you have that, uh, options to offer any kind of help we do. Um, I did drive around a couple of places to have help my friend open their garage to get the car out. Uh, we have two families with us. Uh, we all did not have power at the same time, but they did not have water as well. And they did not have something else, you know, heat in the house. So, um, yeah, one lost the ceiling in the house. So there was, there was time that we were trying to help whichever means we could. Uh, we have rations in our groceries. You know, you could not have groceries. You did not have enough. Whatever we had with us, we kind of you know shared with them. And 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 it did cross my mind like how our sadhus, sadhus, you know, live the entire life like this you know, without any. And such a headache too. You know, hey, like okay, what a what a mess we have created for ourselves as well. You know, so. Uh, it, it, it does uh, help. Uh, it did help us on um, different types of thought process, you know, how we approach the situation. We become a little more creative to help, or to creative for the, yourself. But uh, not everything was directed towards either you we're know, doing karma or no karma or anything on that. Um, it could be indirect, but but that. That is how the the things, most of us did approach that way, I believe.
0: So the answer to your question is, you should try to help as much as you can until it starts becoming a detriment. So until your help starts resulting in violence, or until your help starts resulting in other people having having their, for example, other people hurting other people's feelings too much, by helping so you should maximize your help until it starts becoming a detriment was any was anybody uh, sorry go ahead
1: uh, so taking up you know checking in on people saying do you need any help right all of that is great and almost intuitive natural for people to do taking that maybe a few steps further to demonstrate that you're asking in a sincere way and actually willing to, to help. Right. So that
0: you should definitely do that.
1: I think a lot of people's natural reactions to it will be, well, I don't want to impose on Shethu or whoever's offering me the help. I don't want to put my burden on them. So whatever, whether it's words or small actions to show that you really mean what you say and that you're open to it. Right. Um, that will help get to the point where they're more willing, they may be more willing to actually accept your help. Um, but of course, you know you can't, or should, I don't think you should uh, impose, or uh, like Tamara was saying, take it to a point where it makes them uncomfortable. right? I'm not going to grab people out of their house to say, I have power and water, you don't, so you're coming with me.
0: Right, exactly, because that would be a type of violence. So thank you to everybody who just joined. We're talking about the events of two weeks ago. Uh, Was anybody too proud to accept help? Was anybody able to teach their children any lessons?
1: Three days without internet was a lot of, a lot of lessons in there.
0: <laughs> so you know, tell uh, me,
1: candlelight.
0: What did Treya learn?
1: Um, learned that I think creativity uh, is rooted in boredom a lot of times. Right. right where um, if you allow yourself to get bored enough, then you'll. Your your senses and your your creativity will be open to the things beyond the rectangle screen in in her hands, and um, you know we'll we'll find ways to entertain. We'll find um, ways to help people and see that people are need. Nice. So when my in-laws were were at our house, and you know they're they're obviously old. They have um, slow to move around the house they have uh you know, one of them has um vision vision problems so especially at night and in the dark hard to move around so she was you know really great helping them around and it's yeah you know, i think we're we're proud that she has always demonstrated that but it's always a good refresher and reminder that uh you know, everyone's going through their own thing and everyone can use a little, uh, even the smallest bits of help, but you have to, you know, to the earlier conversation, you have to be there and, and show that uh, you're ready and, and willing to help and just do it without being asked to do it. Right. So maybe that's something I learned from her, not something she learned necessarily to that.
5: Jameer, for us, uh, there was a lot of discussion around not taking things for granted. Right. Uh, yeah, I, with my son, uh, I think we talked and talked for almost entire week, uh, talking about how my childhood was where internet was not something very common, that's one. And, and second is, uh, you know, how we can make best utilize, you know, utilize our time. Uh, when you don't have these things. Uh, I, I think it helped a lot of good conversation and and we ended up doing so. I was one of the fortunate ones where we had power outage, but it didn't last very long from evening to next early morning. But still uh, that gave us chance to not only talk, but do few things that we won't do uh, normally in normal days when everything is fine. So that was one. Second item I want to talk about is Shetu mentioned about you know even reaching out to people and offering help and 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 just small actions uh, I think that makes difference and and I experienced that because like I said I was one of the fortunate ones but when that happened I had lots of people calling me because they knew that I live in this area uh, calling me and offering their help and and that was that gave me a Lot of comfort feeling, right? Uh, and and I didn't I had to use that help because uh, I, I was fine. But at least I knew that if this this power outage continued beyond uh, 10, 12 hours or whatever we had, then I had a backup and I had people who would help me. That just put me at comfort. I, I, I was not worried, um, and and I had options and 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 I felt that this this really helps when somebody calls and just talks to you and offers for help and and i think that's something that we should be able to do at very minimum uh if we are not uh, able to drive across the town and help someone but even a phone call and offering for help and maybe just small actions i think uh, those things count a lot especially during these times of hardship so that was my personal experience
0: so what you just described is exactly what Jainism does for you in that you know that things will be okay even during trying circumstances because you know that your soul will be reincarnated when you die. You know that you are working on your karma. You know the truth and so you are able to endure Hardships because you have that lifeline to cling to you have that backup you have options because you know the truth that well uh, These hardships are not going to last these hardships are a result of my karma these hardships that I'm going through are Not are transitory. I can get through this and if I die, that's only something that happens to my body That's not something that happens to my soul I am going to continue on the spiritual path that I started. So that kind of lifeline, that confidence that we have in facing hardships is exactly what Jainism provides to us. I think that we've established that not many of us thought about Jainism during the emergency. But now that I brought your mind to that point, is there anything that you would have liked to have remembered during the emergency about Jainism. Is there anything that now you think about it, well, I should have taken that time to do X, Y, and Z, or I should have thought about this principle of Jainism. I
1: think the meditation... Aspect was something that I wish I uh, was more present about that week, uh, just because there was so much more space to to practice it and uh, fewer fewer distractions. So that would have been a uh, it would have been a really good opportunity to uh, to go deeper and practice that.
0: Right, and we didn't take advantage of that time that we had because we weren't able to adapt that quickly to new circumstances and think about how we could use the opportunity. You know, Goshik's story about connecting with his son reminded me about, um, when the pandemic first started, we discussed in this dad's class, well, it's kind of, uh, I'm looking at the silver lining. It's a blessing in disguise. You know, my social calendar isn't filling up. I'm having more time to do these things. And I said, to that person who's not here now, I said the challenge is, well, when things go back to quote unquote normal, are you going to learn the lessons from this pandemic and stop filling up your social calendar so you can have a better quality of life? And so Gosik used this opportunity to connect with his son. And the challenge is, are we going to recreate the circumstances of a power outage because we know the benefits of it or because we know that we have an opportunity here to connect with our children are we going to learn the lessons that this taught us or now that the power's back have we continued our life as normal
1: i still have a tub full of water just in case
0: So, did anybody learn anything about themselves or their family during this emergency? And it doesn't have to be about Jainism. It could be something you learned about yourself or your family that you didn't know before. Shethu brought up the example of his daughter.
4: We got some calls from the people that we haven't talked to for years. For sure. So that tells me that they do keep a tab on the things and uh, those those friends, school friends that we lost touch maybe about 20, 25 years ago. Um, they did call us. So something tells us that yeah, it's important that we keep in touch with people, whether who cares for you. And uh, I like to says, and Fausti says, I think it's it's important to keep reminding each other in the good time as well. Uh, the importance of uh, what's critical, what's what's. Uh, What's the important, uh, what part is uh, you should be focusing, whether it's a good time or bad time. You should continue, be mindful about where you are and uh, what you want to do, whether it's a good time, bad time, whatever the time it is.
0: How did that make you feel? Because it's not a given that it would make you feel good to hear from somebody after 20 years only during an emergency.
4: Well, it's, it's not. It's uh, And it was a brief discussion about, you, you know, the current state. It was more about revisiting the memory lane on uh, the good part and bad time and good time back in uh, India um, and how this journey has put this individual to the place where he cannot be on a social media. He had trouble back in there. He's not looking for any help. But in general, he was very, very humble, very, um, you know, touchy person. And that, that all, all it did is to like, okay, we generally close certain paths and move on, but people hold off things that you may have done back then, the small gestures he remembered 25 years ago and he reciprocated by calling me on that. So
1: something, something unusual it's probably important to separate calling and reaching out versus doing the thinking right because yeah i'm sure you and him both for the last 20 years have always kept each other um you know re- reminded of those same same memories they didn't just disappear and all of a sudden yeah. you got the you got the phone call and uh, you know we do that with lots of people and relatives as well um and, and, and parents, right. We're always, we're always thinking about, about them. Um, and, but what a difference a phone call or a text message makes.
0: Did anybody come to any realizations during their time in adversity?
2: So, Tim, I, I think what we realized um, after kind of thinking about it for a bit, it was mainly what we were afraid of, is the the material uh, property that we own and damage to it. We realized very quickly that just to survive, we need very little. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I. Kaushik mentioned about the short duration of outage and I had like calls that hey come over right now uh, with such a good uh, like you know uh, gesture and and we chose to stay um, for first it was you know not a too long but then we realized it that all we needed is you know enough blankets to survive the cold part uh, we have water uh the the biggest worry was if you kind of isolate what was needed versus what was happening during the environment the groceries the food i mean you know uh, somebody may say okay i didn't have a food, milk or uh you know the the organic milk i'm talking i want but you have something to survive so survival was really not a matter at that point other than who's who are in the street i'm talking about most of the people we know or are around the 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 most concern I had, for honest, is like, okay, what about, you know, if a pipe busts? I I would want to bust a pipe in the outside versus inside. You know, I don't want the roof to come down uh, with water. Those were the things which are generated by ourselves. I I mean, we had the same discussion, the board games out, sitting by the fireplace. I mean, probably one of the the most memorable moment we had during that uh, outage. So, uh, I think if we just separate the things that we, uh, in, in the time period, we, we had what we need, uh, a roof, uh, a blanket, a shelter, uh, a food or energy. Uh, what we did not have is what we did not need. And what was adding to our stress and problem is the things we own and possess, uh, more mainly like house and roof stuff.
0: Right. So now you've hit upon what people realize when they realize that the things you own enslave you. The material possessions you own enslave your brain cycles because now you're worried about them. When you realize how little you need to survive, you realize how much of your life you can shed if you want to focus on your spirituality. And if that's your ultimate goal, well, how much of sur- what surrounds us can we get rid of? And the answer is 99% of it, if not 100% of it, right? And so we have, uh, that's a great realization to have. And it's a great realization. Um, a- and going forward, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if we're going to learn our lessons that are we going to start shedding the possessions because we don't need them and they're, we realize they're enslaving us? Are we going to, and maybe if we don't do that, are we going to put ourselves in situations where we see, well, what is really the amount I need to survive? Am I going to purposefully put myself in those situations? Well, now we know why we take vows or now we know, well, if I can't do that for my life, let me just try it for a couple of hours or a couple of days. Or if I can't do that, well, let me go out camping and see really what it is that I need and what how resourceful I am and how... You know, how much I can rely on strangers and things like that. And so that's maybe that's how a sadhu might have lived or a sadhvi might have lived while that's walking that's around India.
1: saying our quote is like the, the things that are important in life are not things. When you, when you, said, the, you said camping, I. Right? i guess i have a little confession to make right because i was i was in camping mode and we had we had relatives in in the city who had power and and everything and they kind of invited us this over but kind of used the the situation knowing that you know our property or our lives or you know we're really never at risk right it was uncomfortable for a few days but uh, we were never at risk, but I thought it was a it would be a good uh, exercise to go through with with uh, with the family, right? Um, to see how resourceful are we um, when when uh, kind of pushed outside of our comfort zone. How easily can we adapt, and you know, what are the and, and where we failed at it where we weren't able to then uh, helped us think about what do we need to do to be able to prepare it the next time. I think uh, for many of us, those who were here during Harvey a few years ago, right, went through probably one, one cycle of that. And then every year, I mean, I know I've had busted sprinklers three or four times since I've moved here. And, you know, you learn your little lessons over the years and thankfully this year we didn't, right. But unless you, uh, allow yourself into those, into those situations and not run away from them at the first chance, uh, it's, it's hard for me at least to learn how to grow out of them.
0: Did anybody go crazy? Or did anybody have somebody in their family go crazy, like wild with emotions and upset, and, and that's perfectly fine. That's a normal reaction.
3: Actually, <clears throat> I thought my son would go crazy like that, wild with emotion and stuff. Uh, but surprisingly, he wasn't. Uh, uh, he wasn't going crazy. He was like. Man, when is this thing going to come back? Uh, and um, so no, uh, no, no. I didn't. We didn't have that uh, that kind of an experience.
0: That's great. So you learned something about him, and he might have learned something about himself too. Uh, I doubt it very
3: much, <laughs> but. <laughs> But there's always hope, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn off the power next weekend.
0: See what happens. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Using, using, learning our lessons, right? And understanding that, Hey, we, this is a situation we can create. We can turn off our phones. We can turn off the TV. We can turn off the internet. We can, they have on and off switches, right? We can do that. And maybe now we can teach our kids the benefits of doing that. Well, hey, let's just do it this evening, you know? Let's just turn off the phones this evening. We'll break the board game out by the fireplace just like we did two weeks ago and we'll see if we can have some fun there or we'll see if we can meditate together or we'll see if, hey, maybe this Jainism thing does have some something to tell us about ourselves and something to tell us about the truth about our lives.
1: Yeah, you know, one one... Um One other kind of story in in our neighborhood, which I thought was, not I thought, it was pretty amazing, right? And it was, you know, one or two neighbors who had some plumbing tools. And it started off with that. It says, hey, I have these odds and ends part. I'll put it on my front porch with some tools if you need it, grab it. And when you finish, return it. And then people around the neighborhood who had, a few spare parts and stuff started bringing it to his, uh, his porch. And it became like this, you know, what do they call it? The little library, the little pantry, right? Where you can add and add and take things away. And they got coordinated it to a point where he had a cousin or something in Louisiana and there, the Lowe's and home depots there have stock of a lot of things that we needed here. So somebody drove, like three hundred miles to meet halfway and pick up some goods, right? They're not Jane. They're not Indian, right? But as a community, right? Um, it it's kind of the responsibility, obligation, um, reassurance, uh, and just lots of the the warm the warm feelings and adjectives that um, you know. You don't, I guess you don't need to, there are a lot of people who come to similar, the same actions that we were talking about, right, it's not because of Jainism, right, necessarily, but because of who people are, they're good people
3: uh,
1: of all all walks and all uh, all
0: faiths. Certainly. Uh, did anybody see any response from our Jane Center? And should there have been a response? And if there should have been a response and there is no response, is that our duty now? Should we be the response team? Because we helped out, you know, we called our neighbors, we called our friends and families. Bavin received a call from somebody he knew 20 years ago but should there have been a response from our Jane Center? Is that the duty of our Jane Center is to help our community? There's no right answer. You could say no, and I could believe you if you have good reasons.
2: So, tell me what I can, I can, I, I've seen some, I mean, directly from Jane Center. No, not that I know of, but I've seen internally in the neighborhoods, like, for example, we have a, a group of giants at Aliana. I'm sure there is one for different neighbourhoods and I, I'm sure there was some interaction, there was some good sharing of information uh, on those groups and uh, I remember, I mean, there's a Gujarati uh, saying says, you know, meaning the, the first uh, relative is your neighbour. And I think that applies to this more uh, because an if inability to get on streets and things like that. But I do know a family uh, uh, that I think a lot of, pretty much everybody knows, had three or four uh, friends and families at their house. Uh, we, we were open, we told them, you know, anybody we knew. But like, for example, we could have definitely accepted more uh, folks here at our house uh, since we had water and electricity most of the time. So if there was a feasibility and probability, uh, I think it could, could have been a little bit more. Uh, in helping connecting uh, those who need versus those who, those who had resources uh, and sure like you said we, we could have helped uh, kind of I think we we had messages on our our group but maybe it could have been a bit sooner and, and things like that so uh, answer is yes but it's kind of easy to say now than, than in the time because you know everybody it was an uncertain time nobody knew what and how it's gonna go from there so uh, yeah uh, it's the it's the i guess something that we can learn from for sure
0: right and i would have liked to have you know i don't know that it's it hasn't necessarily been the responsibility of the jane center to reach out and connect the community together i would have liked to have had more communication, maybe, and maybe more connecting of people in need versus to people with resources. But maybe that's not right. You know, maybe um, people belong to different communities. You had a community, a neighborhood community response. Uh, We had uh, some during in our little dad's class group. Um, And, you know, maybe we should have had a Jane community response. I'm not sure. I know that a lot of other Jane centers did organize really well. For example, the Jane Center in Austin had people, they had power and water and they had people shelter in the Jane Center itself. Um They offered, there were a couple of numbers you could call, for people with resources if you needed to go to somebody's house. So they had a response at that level. And, you know, maybe it's a, little jealousy or envy on my part you know but maybe not maybe there should be a response and of course if we say there should be a response it's up to us to provide that response and it's up to us to organize it so maybe one of the things we can do is make a disaster document what should be happening or you know we can maybe is that something we can present to the jane center anybody interested in this idea and does anybody think it's a bad idea i'm open to that too
3: Uh, I do think it's actually a good idea, Tim. Uh, I agree with you. At a community level, you know, we should we should uh, at least explore whether we can uh, we can help our other community members. Um, the problem, I mean, in in a in situation like this, everybody's trying to fend off for themselves, right? Everybody is everybody is in the same uh, kind of difficult situation. And uh, so logistically, it, 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 it is a difficult uh, I mean uh, endeavor. I, I, I don't want to downplay that. but it's at least something I, I, I like your idea, at least something to explore. let's let's see if there is something we can we can come up with. Uh,
2: I can tell you from personal experience. I mean uh, here in our, even in the small neighborhood here, it's definitely helpful and useful for the community to have it. And I'll give you a, a use case for it. I mean, there are a lot of seniors around. Um, and sometimes, I mean, you know, the, the seniors uh, know things, but they're unable to or uh, unable to do things. Uh, we had a house here in uh, Aliana, a non-giant house, uh, pretty close, we can just walk from here. Had a stream of water coming out of their roof. Somebody noticed and put it on our uh neighborhood. Uh group page that somebody has this water shooting out of their roof. Uh, you know, and the the other neighbor goes out and locks on his door. Uh, there was only one woman inside the house. She did not want to open the door. She knew this was going on. She did not know what to do. Uh and her husband was not, away, it was away and things like that. My, my only thought is that you know, uh, we have a Jane senior who lives on that street, right? Like two downs, uh, and we just weren't sure, so we called them and he said "No, everything is fine at his place. Yeah, there, there are things that sometimes people don't know what to do, sometimes people have uh, uh, trust, like for example, how do I trust somebody just knocks on my door Especially in a situation like this so if you if somebody with you that you know calls you and talks to you about it I think it makes it much easier than an unknown person knocking on your door and hoping you uh, in the uh, uh, especially if you don't have like electricity and and things like that so yeah it it can be helpful because a lot of people are debating what to do what do I drain do I just drip it Uh, small things like that Uh, so if you have a two go for that, it makes it easier.
0: Right. Right. And so, you know, maybe they're, the first part of a disaster scenario is to contact all of our members. Or, or maybe we have identified uh, seniors, for example, to use your example. Maybe we can just contact all the seniors, see what they need. That could be one part. And maybe we could have a volunteer group. And maybe that could be dad's class to organize things. Because... It's as simple as the example about plumbing tools, right? Just that there was a place to exchange plumbing tools and return plumbing tools that made everybody use it as that thing, right? And so it's as simple as maybe we are the people that make the calls and that direct the traffic, right? And that doesn't have to be a lot of work, but it's it's maybe it's worth exploring whether that there's some response that we could provide for the Jane Center. Any other questions or comments about using Jainism in an emergency? And it doesn't have to be this emergency. It could be one that you've experienced previously.
5: Hey, going back to your previous question uh, about how the disaster response could have been, just out of curiosity, do you know or anybody knows if Jain Center had power and water? I do not know. Okay. I mean, that can be part of the future discussion, right? If, if, sure. you know, that class or, and I'll be part of that volunteer team, right? I, I I would like to help, but also in some of these situations, like we had a lot of big warehouses and places where they provided shelter to mm-hmm. people and, and this probably we can do maybe for seniors or something, right? During these times right, uh, where at least they can come in and spend some time. So something to think about in future events.
0: Right, certainly. And we had a kind of confounding factor of the COVID, right? I mean, this this thing was like the ultimate super spreader event because basically nobody cared about if you had COVID or not. They just cared if you had power or not, right? It, 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 that doesn't matter. Yep. So maybe there would have been some liability issues had we gotten everybody in the same place and then we that became a super spreader event. But that doesn't necessarily yep. mean we can't create some kind of disaster plan or something like that and there was the fact that you know i went to my in-laws house and they lost power and then we went to a friend's house and they lost power we went to about four houses we were following power like wildebeest follow the rain in africa you know we're just migrating and migrating to places with power so if we had for example all sheltered at the jane center or gotten seniors to shelter there and they lost power that would have been unfortunate too right so yep, yep. If, if we do something, we have to do it well. I mean, we can't do it ad hoc. And, of course, we have to present it to the uh, leadership and get their approval. And maybe they have better ideas about disaster recovery and helping our members through disasters using Jane principles.
6: So uh, I can tell you, uh, from that angle, I... I think it's the full responsibility of the temple to go ahead and interact with their constituents to make sure that, uh, you know, that they're okay. Whether they can help or not is a different story. And I think that, you know, in the recent conversations that we've had, whether you offer help versus someone taking help is two different things. And so I think the whole fact that you offer help adds value not only to being Jane, but also being a member of Jane's Jane Center. Furthermore, I think that if we actually focus some effort on helping, not only, I would say our Jane community, but the community at large, we actually get greater visibility in the community that we live in. Because right now we're talking about being Jane, helping Jane, but being Jane doesn't necessarily have to help someone that is Jane. Um, nah, maybe my own viewpoint here, but I think that if you can help the community at large, there's a lot more benefit not only to being Jane, but also the community knowing who we are.
0: Sure, absolutely. So, because you think that you must be very disappointed in whatever reaction or non-reaction the Jane Center had, and I agree with you, it, it, we're not talking. I that's how we started discussing it. But it certainly isn't limited to helping Jains because practicing Jainism is helping everybody.
6: Yeah. Well, once again, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm disappointed in our Jain Center. I think that I'm more, I'm, I'm intrigued by other religious organizations that reached out to me. So if they're able to do it, how come we're not able to do it?
0: Right. Questions or comments on anything we discussed today or anything on your mind?
5: Well, I'll just add to Nick's point. Uh, I I agree with you, Nick, and and I had similar experience where a few people in the neighborhood we were were discussing actually just on my street, and and they were saying the backup plan could be, and again, we didn't have to reach that point, but there was a church next door who was, they were providing shelter and water, so, you know yeah, it would have definitely been something that probably can consider and do in
6: future. Well, the the issue is in all of this is that, you know, we talk about it after an issue has occurred, right? This is how laws, laws in the country are made too. Something happens and then a law is made from that incident that has usually happened. That's many laws are made like that, right? And, you know, we had Harvey and I was here during Harvey. I had just moved during Harvey and I met all my neighbors like, Like, within two hours, I met all my neighbors. I had just moved. But I knew all 26 of my neighbors, like, by first name in, like, in two hours, you know? Um, And that community aspect, I feel like as we grow uh, and our next generation, our kids get involved, if we can't make it practical for them, there's part of our religion that we're going to lose. And I don't know if any of you have recently done that survey for, for Jaina or Jito or one of those um, but a lot of those questions are really interesting what they're asking you know uh, is Jainism based on a food diet like it's it's really interesting that someone's asking you these questions right you know um, and if you haven't done it I highly suggest you guys go do it just to understand like what someone's trying to capture you know it's like a 15-minute survey it's like 12 pages, but um, it's pretty interesting to understand why they're trying to do that, to understand where the future of Jainism will lie.
0: Okay, so some pretty hard questions, and I hate to leave it at that, but we will think on these questions. And remember, the answer to hard questions is not always to throw your hands up and say the problem is too big. The answer to hard questions is to start answering them in a small way, just like Shetu's plumbing example. I'm going to just start donating whatever plumbing stuff I have, and pretty soon people will arrive and say, hey, that's a good plan, I want to be part of this plan. The answer to hard questions is always just... Us starting the first step. Maybe that's making a document. Maybe that's reaching out to people. The answer to very big problems is always just us making, doing, having a small answer for what we can control. Thank you, everybody, for your time this week. I really appreciate it. It's not something I take for granted. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate
6: it. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank you.